So I've got about 10 minutes. But hey, the good news, Joe, you pass out those notes. I, uh, I, I copied all the notes for my sermon. I won't be laying hands on you. Uh, I'll probably do that next week. We're going to have a spiritual impartation. We don't have time, but I kind of figured I wasn't anyway because of uh, where we're at. But we've been in a series about the person of the Holy Spirit. Does everybody have a handout? No, who does not have a handout? Okay, so here, here, over here, here, here. Now, I want to encourage you to study on your own this handout. It's the Scriptures. So when I preach, they've been giving them out piecemeal, yeah. Today? This is today, yeah. We got a couple over here. So over here, and just keep coming down this way because we've got more. And anytime I do a sermon or a message, like I may read two or three verses of Scripture, but I always have about 50 Scriptures behind my message. I just can't preach everything I'm researching and digging into, but I'm always digging into the Word of God with uh, dozens of Scriptures. So I just want to show you On the, on the last page there, if you flip over the, the last page, it says God's heart, I wanted to go through everything, so I won't have time to do that. Father, thank you for a blessing. God's heart is on his kingdom. His purpose for the power is to expand his kingdom and for the church to disciple the nations as we participate in his plans our lives find their truest meaning, and the purpose for our lives is realized. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the baptism or the endowment of power in the Holy Spirit is God's purpose. The gifts that God gives us, the talents and the abilities we have are never, and you know this, they're never to show off or to say, wow, Brad, uh, isn't he amazing how he hears from God? Or, wow, this person really has power over devils. Or, now, do we do that by nature? Do we, you know, think you runners, you know, you got 50 kids out there running, and who usually gets all the attention? The winner, right? Like, oh, look how good she is. But you know, what I found out as a coach is often the person that's running the hardest is the one that's chugging up the back end of the line. They've got cramps, and they're tripping on trees, and falling over, and they're finishing. I've seen winners come across the line. Uh, in fact, the middle school boys race yesterday. He was barely sweating. He just, he won the race. Very talented young man. No problem. But there were kids behind him that were coming across the line, up chucking, and, you know, dizzy, and, and uh, having cramps, and but it's just human nature to kind of glorify the person that we perceive as the winner. But to be honest, they wouldn't even be the winner if there wasn't a lot of people behind them, amen? Stack it up behind them. They'd be out there running on their own. And the people that give the best effort, I've seen it over and over, most of the time, most of the time, they're the ones somewhere between winning and you know, second and third and last place. 
But we judge things because we're fallen. We put things in the wrong perspective. We think these gifts often glorify us. So when we get saved, and I've seen this recently, when someone gets saved and they start operating in gifts, they think it's them. They think it's them. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, you are special. You know, no doubt about it. God thinks you're special. And you're very important. And you have e immense value to God. That's why we value life. But the reason God is using you is not because of your strengths and your good looking or your, you know, you're physically strong. God uses you in spite of yourself. Someone say amen. And Paul said, when I am weak, then I'm strong. God has used me in my life the most when I was completely weak and unable. The greatest miracle, and I, you said I should write this up, uh, Talon, and I should. The greatest miracle I've ever had praying for somebody, when a lady with a stroke got up out of bed and walked around the hospital. Me and Dan Holstein, the most, you know, reluctant supernatural man you've ever met is Dan Holstein. And we went and we prayed with this lady, and I can't tell you the whole story. I've told it before, but in spite of our unbelief or in spite of our fumblings, we prayed for her, and she got up off that bed with a stroke. She could not walk. The nurse, you know, don't you? You know, you know that you know Jeannie, so you know, and you know this is true. She called me and said, I, I can't move, I can't talk, I barely can talk, out of the side of my mouth, I'm paralyzed, would you pray for me? I fasted three days, took Dan with me, fumbled around and prayed, and just by accident, she started setting up, and we encouraged her to set up, and pretty soon she set up and threw her legs over the edge of the bed. They were going to uh, put her in a rehabilitation place and a nursing home, but she got up and walked all around that hospital and the doctors and nurses did not know what to do with her, literally. She walked around for three or four hours, and they told her to leave. She's hurting business. I mean, literally. And, and uh, like I said, when she first came in that room, a nurse, a male nurse was holding her because she couldn't walk, and he was putting her in the bed because she couldn't walk. And I am telling you right now, it was not my great faith that got that done. It really wasn't. It was the grace of God. Now, there have been times when I've had the gift of faith come on me and can do remarkable things, but it's always for God's purpose. I got another story. Maybe I'll tell it sometime about that. But it's always for God's purpose. It's not to build us up. In fact, I really believe the people that move most in the power are the most persecuted. And I even think in some way that's God's plan. Why would that be? I'm not saying God's causing the persecution, but why would that be? Yeah, because when you're persecuted, you're relying on God. When you're, when you're suffering and you're being persecuted, you're depending more and more on God. It's less on you and your strength and your power, and it's more on what God can do. When you're backed into a hole, when you're backed into a corner and you have no way out, when you're backed up on the Dead Sea and you've got Pharaoh chasing behind you and you've got a sea in front of you, you need a miracle when you're at your weakest. And God is not afraid to display His power on weak vessels. But the minute we shine up our armor and we begin to attribute these things to ourself, that power will lift in our life because the purpose of the power is to, be, is to carry out God's intention, which is to save lost humanity. And I had a lot of scriptures in here 
you'll have to study on your own about being filled with that power. But in every instance, as you will read, in every instance, God is filling up His people to do something. The power of the Holy Spirit is coming on them to preach. The power of the Holy Spirit is coming on them to cast out a devil. The power of the Holy Spirit is coming on them often, often, often to witness to somebody. God gives a grace and a power uh, to witness. He gives you courage to do something. I really believe this morning the Lord spoke to me, He spoke to Sandy, He spoke to Ken, saying, hey, I want to do something. God's the only one that can save. So when God says to do something, what's the best thing you can do? Just do what the Lord tells you to do. That's your number one guarantee for success. He doesn't, he doesn't need your strength. He doesn't need your wisdom. He doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. Are you available? Are you available? He needs your availability. And that's very important to know that. Um, last page, because I don't have time to go through all this today. You guys okay? I could just rip off and preach, but that'd be 15 minutes later. We'd be looking at our watches. It's 2 Corinthians 5.14. He says, For the love of Christ compels me, because we thus judge, if one died for all, that's Jesus, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. Someone say that out loud. I should no longer live for myself. Many of our problems with getting the promises of God answered and the will of God and our struggles, when we live the Christian life and it's all about me and it's not about thee, when we have that focus, and some of us has, have been trained that way, when our focus is on me, my needs, what I get, then, and our focus is not on the will of God, it's not on God, what do you want? Really, it short circuits the power of God in your life. The way to get God's blessing is to get involved in what God is doing. Elijah was the only one getting fed by ravens when there was uh, famine in the land of Israel because he was God's prophet and God was going to make sure that he fed his prophets. Do you understand? He was doing God's will. God was going to make sure that that man was taken care of. It goes back to that scripture, seek first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So as we change our focus on what God is focused on, that is when all this stuff starts working in our life. The more we just focus on ourselves. I, I was talking to someone about this uh, yesterday. The kingdom of God is expansive. The spirit of God is expansive. The spirit of God is creative. The spirit of God is dynamic. It's living. It's growing. It's amazing. When you're walking in the Spirit and walking in the kingdom, you become creative and expansive. Give and it shall be given to you. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, you know, and flowing over. And the kingdom of the devil, the flesh, is selfish. It's always, I want more. I'm going to tax you more. I'm going to spend more. I'm going to take more from you. There's more for me. I'm not content to have my wife only. I want three other women. I'm not content to have one boy. I want two. It's always greedy and self-seeking. And it actually causes contraction in the human soul. It causes shrinkage in the human soul. It causes uh, selfishness and smallness of mind. 
The Spirit of God causes greatness of mind and nobility. Someone say nobility. Nobility of mind. Because you're no longer living in this world just dog-eat-dog, kind of like an evolutionary way, survival of the fittest, I'm going to get mine, I'm going to defend myself. You begin to lay down your rights, you begin to lay down your privileges, and you look around and find somebody you can serve and someone you can bless, and you find out, as Francis of Assisi said, it is in giving that we, it is in forgiving that we are, amen. And it really, it is in healing that we are, Bible says, you know, tells us, it says, pray for others that you may be healed. The kingdom of God is that way. But when we live in fear and doubt and unbelief and we shrink back, we stifle the spirit in our life and the things that God wants to do in our life become limited. And normally we run around in the wilderness for a while and then we run back to God. Anybody experience that? Am I the only one? Like, Lord, I am tired of this desert. Brad, walk in the Spirit. You'll just walk right out of it. I'm the only one. I got one other, two, three others. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Do I have nine? Do I have 10 and 11 and 12? Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is expansive. The Spirit of God, okay, the kingdom of God and I don't have time for everything, so I'm just going to go here for a minute. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Who wants more righteousness? Who wants more joy? Who wants more peace? Then walk in the kingdom. When you walk in the Spirit, love is produced in your life. Kindness is produced in your life. Joy is produced in your life. Who wants more joy? It's in the kingdom. It's in the Spirit. It really is. And it's a blessing. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no more. Therefore, if any woman, any man is in Christ, they are a new creation. Folks that give your life to, gave your life to Jesus today, you are a new creation. Everything has become new, and now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through... Jesus, Jesus was calling today. He died for you. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. You've been reconciled to God through Jesus and he's calling you. You accept that calling and like you're coming to a new world like a baby and all things become new. It's, everything's new in the kingdom of God. It's amazing. And he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their sins to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through him. We implore you, be reconciled to God. So Paul was filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. We know that. It's in your text, in your scriptures there. And he has a mission and he has a focus. And we become ambassadors in the world. Isn't that beautiful? You become an ambassador. It's not that God doesn't care about your needs and the things that concern you. God has something far bigger in mind for you than you can really conceive. You're way more important than you even imagine that you are. Way more important. You're worth way more 
Then watch you. We sell ourselves so cheap. We do, young men. We sell ourselves so cheap. Young ladies, we sell ourselves so cheap. God looks at you as a daughter of God or a son of God and an, an eternal person with an eternal purpose. And he's setting about to change things in you so that you can have an eternal weight of glory, not something so temporary. And if you allow him, he will bring more purpose, meaning, and joy into your life. The world cannot give it to you. No matter how many homecoming courts you're on or how many races you win or how much money you have, until we find our place in God and in God's plan and purpose, we will never have the joy that God wants us to have. Someone say amen. Here's what this means to us, and I'm going to close and pray. I want to lay hands on folks, release <clears throat> gifts of the Spirit, and I just can't. Here's what it means to us. As a people, as a church, every member in the body has a function and a purpose and a place. And God has something for you to do, but he also has an extreme dignity on you, an extreme value on you. It means the, the, the most important thing you can do is get close to the Lord and find out why you're here. Amen? Why am I here? And the more you know the Lord, the more he will reveal his plan. And if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and God's power, tell the Lord, <clears throat> I will do what you want me to do, but I can't do it without your power. He will be happy to pour his power out on you. If your motivation and your focus, he'll be more than happy. If you are on team Jesus, he'll be more than happy to pour his power on you and use you. Someone say amen. Let's pray. Been a good service, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the folks that came down to surrender their lives to Jesus. I pray for them, Lord. You seal it, your presence, your Holy Spirit in their life. I thank you for speaking to us as the weeks go by about our purpose and place in the kingdom and your power, Lord, your ability to move mightily in our lives when we surrender. And there's all different type of creativity and gifts and ways of operation. We're not, not everybody's a preacher, but we all have something to do. I pray that that unfolds in this body over time, over the next few months even, Lord, that you quicken that in our body. Lord, I felt your extreme love for your people today. I just pray that they experience your love. Each one here experiences your love. Lord, bless the food as we're going to eat downstairs. Thank you for Mikey and Drew down there cooking, Lord. Bless the food and our time of fellowship together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Please go down and get a cheeseburger.